Listener. over the ham sandwiches yet. Maybe you can't do another Christmas pudding either. We hope that you're having an awesome holiday period, everyone, and that you've had the chance to give your wheels some love and enjoy a road trip or two as well. Hello, Greg Rust with you for our special summer holiday edition of The Showroom, all brought to you by Car Sales and in the garage here at Listener. And we are full gas providing content for you while you're hopefully getting the chance to ease off the throttle a bit and enjoy some summer sun. Join today as we continue to spin the Car Sales Wheel of Fortune by another great member of their reporting team, her first time on the show. Hello, Ali Lawrence. Hey, Rusty. Thanks for having me. And hello, everyone. It's great to have you here. What have you sampled over the break? If I know you, you've done a bit of arm twisting, maybe got a long-term loan car from a manufacturer. What's in the garage? Oh, I haven't got a long-termer, but I have happened to be in a lot of Volkswagen Group vehicles lately. So I've had a Skoda Kamiq, a Volkswagen Arteon shooting brake, and then I've also just been in the new Cupra Fermenta uh, over the Christmas break, which was nice to spend some time in because it's pretty new. You are doing it tough, aren't you? I've been on the road, maybe sampling a uh, a little something from the Ford range, maybe the Ranger family road trip, which is always good. Coming up in this edition, a bit of crystal ball gazing, stuff that is set to roll out in 2023. And there's lots, Ali, to be excited about, isn't there? The new Amarok has just come out and it's generating lots of discussion. So we're going to chat to a good friend and colleague of ours, Bruce Newton, who had the enviable job of going to South Africa for the launch. So he's going to jump on and tell us how that went. Pushed past all of us to get that gig too, didn't he? Hey? I know. <laughs> no one else was given the option. Now, drive days and events. This is something that, that you uh, know about and regularly attend. So why they're so important to manufacturers kind of seeking to bolster that passion for the brand. So Bill Thomas from Hyundai Australia and Bill's cut plenty of laps in this game over the years. He's going to join us very shortly to talk about N Festival, which is really cool. Yeah, I actually went to the very first N Fest, um, which was awesome. It was at Wakefield Park back in, I think, late 2019, if memory serves correctly. And then we're going to look back at some of the big stories that we tackled in 2022. The brand new Toyota Hilux taking shape. So we've got some renders that uh, we're going to have a look at and you guys will have to jump on the website, carsales.com.au, to have a look at those as well. And we've got the kick-ass Kia Ute that's shaping up and I know Fian's mentioned it before. Yeah, it's in the pipeline, but it's still a little while away, I think, for Australia. If it ends up looking like it does in some of the things that we've shared on the website and what Fian was talking about, that is a really cool-looking thing. Now, Ali, you're ready to fire up with your unpopular opinion, aren't you? Now, I, I can't say too much, (laughs) but I think you are going to dive into a certain job in the automotive game, maybe not being all it's cracked up to be. This is brave. I am. It's a little bit controversial, (laughs) but um, we'll see how we go. We like that there. Controversial. Very good. Now, uh, of course, we would love you to have your say too. Please be a part of the show. That's what it's all about. We make it for you and for your love and passion for everything happening in the the world of cars and automotive. Podcast at carsales.com.au. Now, instead of starting this episode with one major launch, why don't we actually sink our teeth into the top five cars that the car sales team are kind of all collectively looking forward to in 2023. Did a bit of a whip around the office and got people's views. Lots of exciting metal is coming our way this year, Ali. 
Yeah, it was really hard to whittle it down to five. We had a, a list of about 20 cars and, and that's even not enough. There were, there's so many new cars coming. But anyway, uh, seventh gen Mustang is one of the ones that we were pretty excited about. So not a huge step change in terms of mechanicals or visuals. It's, you know, everyone knows the Mustang muscle car. It's uh, going to be a V8. There's also going to be the four-cylinder yeah, exciting. Let's go from one icon maybe to another, you could argue here, BMW M2. So what are we talking, 120K plus on roads. I think it's available first half of this year, carbon roof, um, auto and manual if you wanted it, um, more power, more speed, better handling and cool. I think that they've kept that whole rear drive flavour, twin turbo six to awesome. Yeah, I really, really want an M2 and one day I'm going to get one, but I think – the next car is probably more in my price bracket. Uh, well, I don't know, actually, because it's pretty expensive too. Uh, the new Toyota GR Corolla. So hot hatch. Um, it's going to be about 70K, they reckon. That's a lot of money for a Corolla. But this thing is going to be a proper hot hatch. Like it's going to be really good. And, you know, if it's anything like GR86 or GR Supra, it'll be it'll be damn cool. So uh, people, no doubt, will buy them and try and flip them pretty quick. Quickly, Mazda CX-60. I think it's due here right in the middle of the year, about June. Uh, Mazda's most powerful and most expensive SUV, mid-sized, will only be offered in hybrid, first all-hybrid range and first plug-in hybrid for the Japanese brand. So priced from about... 59800 to 87250 plus on-road costs. So we're really looking forward to those cars, but another really exciting vehicle that we can't not mention is the all-new Volkswagen Amarok. And joining us now, we've dialled in uh, Bruce Newton from the car sales team, and he was testing the new Amarok overseas. He went to South Africa last month, and he's going to tell us all about it. And just before he does, I know Sam was on the podcast back in September, I believe, and he was just fresh from the Ford Ranger Raptor launch and he said they absolutely tortured those dual cab utes. So, Bruce, did you get the same treatment in the Amarok? No, Ali, we did not. And hi to everyone, by the way. Uh, no, our uh, our drive in Cape Town, the, the most dangerous thing I think we did was uh, we got accidentally caught up in a, uh, in a police shutdown of... Uh, of a road because there was a shooting in a township. So we had to turn around and drive back the way we came. No violence seen, no gunshots heard, but uh, yeah, we uh, we skedaddled out of there in our Amaroks pretty quickly. <laughs> well, we were nearly crossing to you for the five or six o'clock news, Bruce. I'm, I'm, glad, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're all okay. Hey, hey naturally, um, in 2022, you know, lots of excitement around um, Ford Ranger. The covers yeah. came off this thing officially a few months ago. First thing people are going to want to know is uh, how different, talk about the commonality between the two and, and what can you share there? Come on. Yeah, I mean, first off, I'll say that it is not Volkswagen's favourite subject. It was interesting while we were over there for the launch that questions along this line were persistently uh, dis- not encouraged by the local Volkswagen Australia PR team. But the engineers and guys involved in the in the making of the car were very keen to chat, so that was handy. Anyway, having given that backhander off to the guys in Sydney, I'll um, I'll talk to you about the car. The Ranger and the Amarok are a joint development by separate teams, but the cars share the same ladder frame chassis. They share the same Ford drivetrains. They share the same transmissions. They share the same 4x4 systems. Where Volkswagen has differentiated 
its dual cab ute is from the shoulder line down, every exterior panel is different. They've also done some work inside, so the car looks a little bit different. It's got a different steering wheel, different seats, some different interior trims and a slightly different treatment. But if you've seen the inside of the Ranger, it's got this massive touchscreen in the centre console and the Volkswagen's basically exactly the same. Are we getting a uh, Aussie suspension tune here, Bruce, or will we get what you drove overseas? No, my understanding is it's a global tune that we get part of. There are five models in the new Amarok range. We get three models in April, the Style, the Panamericana and the Aventura. They're the three top models in the range. They all have the V6 diesel engine. The Style also gets a four-cylinder turbo diesel. The Aventura gets a turbo petrol four-cylinder. The bottom two models in the range, like the fleet models, the, the Life and the Amarok Core, those three models that I mentioned for April, Style, Panamericana and Aventura, all have different suspension tunes. The Panamericana is the softest, the Aventura is sort of in the middle, the Style is the workman ute that's um, sort of meant to be the everyday sort of setup. The funny thing is that when we went to South Africa, the Panamericana, it's meant to be the soft one and the off-roader, they put it on 20-inch road tyres and we only drove it on road. So it was, it was weird. What feeling did it leave you with? Take, take our audience there, Bruce. How do you feel about the car? What was your reaction? Naturally, people can read your, your write-up and see video content and things like that at carsales.com.au, but just describe it for us. Having driven the Ranger extensively in Australia and knowing this vehicle shares a lot of the same bones, it's one of the best dual cab utes you're going to be able to buy. One of the highest quality in terms of its, of its driving, one of the highest quality in terms of the technical equipment and its features, fantastic safety inventory and it drives very well. There is lots of great excitement, as you said, about the arrival of this vehicle in Australia. That'll happen in the uh, in the coming months. We're pleased to be able to give people a bit of a window into perhaps what to expect today. We hope 2023 is a good year for you, Bruce. And just so you know, Ali and I are glampers. So when we come camping with you, when you've got the Amarok, we expect the full treatment, okay? Hey, speak for yourself, Rusty. I'm no longer a glamper. <laughs> Talking about Amarok stories on car sales, check out the story about the new generation Amarok Overlander that we saw in South Africa. They even put Australian Ironman 4x4 suspension and it's a pretty cool bit of kit. Awesome stuff. Nice way to finish. Thanks for joining us on the showroom today. Cheers, guys. And you can read all about the new Amarok, the offering from VW, as they roll out by going to the car sales website where you'll find video reviews and a whole lot more. For your next car... Head to carsales.com.au. Time now for a segment which is a little like one of those arguments you have over the petition in the office. Maybe it's a bit talkback radio with a conversation that gets you on the open line. We call it unpopular opinions. And Ali, it is time for you to step up to the soapbox with your unpopular opinion. All right. Mine is motoring journalism is a real job and it's hard work. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm actually going to defend you here, but but a good portion of our audience right now are going, come on, you get to go to junkets around the world, drive some cool cars and write about them. How is that hard work? And eat fancy food and fly <laughs> around and drive fast cars and blah, blah, blah. It's hard work. And, and I know I get a new car every week, but I mean, 
I'm so scared all the time that I'm going to curb a wheel or damage it or do something. There's just all this responsibility on my shoulders and and not to mention how fast the automotive world changes. I cannot keep up. Like I'm trying. I'm, I'm like a duck trying to swim and, you know, like the duck that looks calm above the water but the legs are... Flat out underneath it. Yeah. And, and it is a game that requires immediacy. So you're at a launch, you've got to turn that copy, that video, whatever around really quickly. You've got to be multi-skilled now so you're doing podcasts as you are today. I do agree with you. I know I took the mickey when we started this uh, <laughs> this chat. And there's actually a lot to it. There's a lot of late nights and things like that that people just don't see. Yeah. So there's the research before the event, then there's go to the event and do a video, interview someone, write a story. Then you've got to do a social media video. Then you've got to go home and then, you know, there's just so much to it. Not to mention upsetting some PR types from motor vehicle. Oh, never. <laughs> no, I would companies. never. Not me. <laughs> right, Rusty, what is your unpopular opinion? Give it to us. You shouldn't eat and drive. Oh, boo. No way. <laughs> now, come on. That's the only time I eat. <laughs> now, I think actually you and I talked about this before we hit go on the podcast today. It's actually illegal in some places. I think Queensland, isn't it? Yeah, I drove through there once and um, I didn't get in trouble, but I, I got told very quickly, oh, don't be eating and driving in Queensland. I was like, why? Now, someone will be saying, oh, but you need to ensure that you're fueled up um, pardon the pun, and that your brain has, you know, good food on board to make good decisions and so on. But clearly, if you don't have your hands on the wheel, you're trying to juggle a little something, you take your eye off the ball, mm. where's the coffee going when it goes back in its in its little holder? Not good. Yeah, it might be hearsay, but I, I heard that they have cameras and then they catch you on camera and even drinking a bottle of water, you can't do that. And I was like, well, can you chew gum? I don't know. Let's play a hypothetical game here. What would you have snuck in the day? What's the go-to when you're on a on a mission for car sales? You're on the road going somewhere. Have you got a trusty bar that you take? What, what do you take? Come on. Oh, if I could, uh, if I could go get a burrito from GYG, <laughs> that's what I'd be. That's what I'd be having, and I'd be spilling rice all over myself, and that's that's where the danger lies. I think so. That's that's not the best choice. Exactly. Therein lies the perfect way to wrap this segment up. I'm picturing sauce and rice and everything going everywhere and people taking their eye off the ball. <laughs> Don't do it, folks. Eating and driving, big no-no. You know what's worse than eating and driving, I reckon, what? is driving when you're upset. Because I almost got taken out by this girl once and I only realised it. So she came around the roundabout and it was a two-lane roundabout and she almost drove into the side of me and she was driving so erratic and we stopped at a set of lights next to each other and I look over and I'm like, what is this person doing? And I see that it's a girl and she's behind the wheel and she's bawling her eyes out and she's oh. Oh, no, the breakup. I reckon it was. It, it, it had to be. And I thought, you idiot, <laughs> you almost killed me because... You just broke up with someone or whatever it was. I don't know, but it was not good. Let's get producer Tom to put on some real zen music to finish this segment. Everyone remain nice and calm. Don't get behind the wheel if you're a little emotional. If you've got something that goes against the grain, an unpopular opinion, we would love to discuss it on the show. Hit us up, podcast at carsales.com.au. On to our showroom hot topic, the benefits and popularity of events around cult cars or brands. And today we are talking about Hyundai N Festival. And with us in the studio is Hyundai Australia's General Manager Corporate Affairs, Bill Thomas. Welcome. Thanks, mate. Good to be here. It's nice to see you again. Hey, brands doing things like drive days aren't new. I mean, you know, rivals, Mercedes, BMW, Audi, they do them. I think Isuzu even has the, um, you know, the iVenture Club days and so on. How important are these to a manufacturer and in the grand scheme, return on investment? 
Oh, it's really important for us. I mean, we, we like to be consistent with it. We've, we use social media consistently to make sure we're in touch with our owners. So they know what's happening. They know when events are coming up. But I mean, it's, it's not just about sales. It's about the whole atmosphere around N and, and using the product. It's all about the cars ultimately. So what we're doing is giving them an, as many opportunities as possible to use those cars, whether it's a road drive or a track drive. It's almost like we're kind of invited to their party now, you know? It's, it's like, oh, by the way, we're here too, you know, because they, yeah. they get together and talk about their cars and they really enjoy it. And I guess what we're showing is that we understand what they want from their cars and they want to talk to each other. And we're sort of showing that we've got the same mindset, which is really important. Yeah, definitely. I, I got that feeling actually now that you mention it. I did the very first N-Fest um, at Wakefield Park in late 2019 and it was awesome. I think there was 130 people there and these things are just getting bigger by the year, aren't they? And you're going all across Australia, like where's, where's next? Where have you been and where's next? Well, we've been to Wakefield, which is the one you went to. We've been to Queensland Raceway and we've been to Winton. So this, this one that we, we did uh, this year was at The Bend in Adelaide. Yeah. We had 170 cars there registered for track use. We had 230 actual drivers and 450 people attending. So a lot of people just come along and don't necessarily take the car on track, but they want to just talk about cars and meet other people and just be a part of the community, which is really important to us. And what we found is that things happen where in the early days, like at the first track days, we would see a guy turn up with his new in and he'd have a couple of mates on board. Next one they'd all have end cars, you know, they'd all yeah. be driving their own cars. So we're seeing it growing um, steadily and we're really proud of how it's going. Bill, it's probably worth, uh, and it sounds quite obvious because um, we know it, we're in this space, but maybe for newcomers to the podcast, just actually explaining about N, about its origins and and the passion around this whole performance aspect for you guys. Yeah, N is, is relatively new. We launched our first N car, which is it's our performance brand. Um, we launched that in 2018, which is the i30N hatch. Developed in Europe and in Korea. Very much a hot hatch with lots of character, lots of pops and bangs from the exhaust, lots of different ways to adjust the car through all the settings, and very much a class leader straight away. But we're new to this space. We've never had a performance car before as Hyundai. We just had to get it right. So uh, one of the guys who really helped us and made it happen is a guy called Albert Beerman, who used to be the head of M at BMW. We hired him to help out. The project had already started, but he came in and gave us a lot of ideas on what the car should be. So we've now got not just the hatch, but also a fastback N, i30. We've got a Kona N and an i20N and now an i30 sedan N. So um, the N range is building. What we're trying to do is make the performance accessible to people. So nothing too expensive. Uh, Keep the prices down, keep it accessible, but also keep the performance high. We've sold something in the region of 7,000 cars now, so it's going really well. The the pricing is key for me. Like It's something that I could afford and lots of people could, and that's really important. Um, for those playing at home, what does N stand for for anyone that doesn't know? It stands for two things. It, actually, it stands for Namyang. Um, Namyang's not really well known. That's our proving ground in Korea. It's just south of Seoul. Huge facility. There's 14,000 engineers there and a number of tracks. I'm still so, waiting on an invitation, by the way. To, <laughs> we'll to get come you on. there, Alice. We'll get you there. And um, also the Nürburgring. So we've got a technical facility at the Nürburgring, which a lot of the listeners will know about. So we do a lot of honing and endurance testing on the Nürburgring and also performance testing. So it's Namyang and Nürburgring together. What I'd really like to do is drive between the two. Yeah. So start off in Germany and then drive to, to Seoul. That'd be awesome. Yeah. There's a few things in the way at the moment. but uh, I need an invitation to uh, Nürburgring as well. Thank you. Have you not been? 
No, I've been, but not on the track. I've just gone to the track, yeah. We've got, I've got off some notes to take, Ali. We'll sort that out. Yeah, thank you. Bill, the passion around this thing, you know, I always find fascinating. I mean, whether it's cars and coffee, car culture, events like this, you know, having that passion behind the the brand is is so important. But I'm intrigued why you think it's accelerated in relatively recent time. Well, it's been around for quite a while. I mean, I, I'm quite old, Rusty. I'm <laughs> 55. And even back in the mid-90s, I was working in the UK for a magazine called Max Power. And Max Power was a tuning magazine, so modified cars. What we used to do in the magazine is we'd build modified cars ourselves. So we'd have these project cars, which would just had everything on them, bright colors, huge body kits, big performance. And I had this idea that we would take these modified cars, our own project cars, out to meet readers. So the first one we did years and years ago was in Swindon, just west of London. And seven people showed up to see our project car. There's a guy there in a BMW M5 and a few other guys. One of them said, why are you here? It was like, well, we're here to meet you. You're the reader. You know, we really wanted to meet you and see what you think of the magazine. Yeah. So it went from seven people in Swindon and three years later, we called this thing Cruise Patrol. So we'd take this really famous car to meet people. It ended with over a thousand cars turning up to these events. Wow. Police turning up and all sorts of crazy stuff. But what we found from that was that, that people love to get together with their cars, talk cars, and really just experience cars together. And I thought that was a phenomenon back in the day, back in the UK. The other thing that happened in the UK when I was a motoring journalist, that's my background, I had a, a Renault Sport Clio long-term test car. And they had a, an owner's forum online uh, for Renault Sport UK. And I went to a few events that were organized by them. And I thought it was really brave that they invited their ownership community onto the web to discuss the cars because yeah. it's not all good. You know, yeah, sometimes yeah. you have a problem like, I remember there's some problem with the rear window wiper, you know, and it was a real problem and it was starting to annoy some customers. And they had this open forum run and paid for by Renault to air all these problems. So it just shows confidence in, in your product. That kind of influence uh, made me think it'd be a good idea to do in Australia in this way with a new car and just invite people to events yeah, um, and just build it from there. So yeah, it's, it's a nice community. Um, it's really important. And I guess it has its roots in some of these big cruises that we used to do in the UK. And obviously there's lots lots of car cruises all around Australia as well. Speaking of Brave, Hyundai covers all your end cars with a track warranty. Can you just explain uh, what's involved in that, what isn't, isn't covered? It's actually a standard warranty, so it applies to all of our cars. But with an end car, you can take it on track and it should be okay for that. We don't cover you if you're competing. So if you're timing and it's quite obvious that you're in a competition like an, um, an organized race, we don't cover that. Yeah. But if you're just going to the track, our cars are up to it, you know, and we, we cover uh, wear and tear and any failures on, on the track. It's something that just shows a bit of confidence, I guess. Yeah. If you're driving fast and driving at the limit in your track car, in your uh, end car, you should be covered. So, um, yeah, we extend that to track use. And so traffic light Grand Prix are also included. <laughs> I mean, I, I would never take part in one of those. But no. Bill, the energy and the aura around this thing, you've only got to look to social media when you ran the event in the last, you know, kind of month or so. Some of the racing drivers, for example, in the speed series that I'm involved with that, you know, end up uh, lending a hand in an instruction sense. They, they just loved it. Can you give us in your mind what is going to change? What's next? Where are you off to in 2023 for this and so on? Well, 2023, we're going to come to Sydney because we haven't done Sydney yet. So uh, it'll be at Sydney Motorsport Park in mid-December and we're expecting 
quite a good turnout for that. Not sure about special guests at the the uh, end festival on the weekend. We had Albert Beerman, the guy I mentioned, the guy previously from M, who was instrumental in N, along with the head of motorsport globally, a guy called Till Wartenberg came out. And we had a supercar there, a, a concept car called RN22E, which oh, is a, yeah. a one-off super fast EV. Yeah. And I think if we're looking to the future, Rusty, I think that's where we're going. You know, we're going to EVs and what we want to do with our EVs is prove that they can be amazing fun to drive. The RN22E that we had at the track on the weekend, it's got something called a virtual gear shift, which is even with an EV, we can simulate the thump of a gear shift up and down and we can make the car rev or simulated revving and it just increases driver involvement. So we're playing around with how we make EVs really exciting, as exciting as normal supercars. Yeah. And I think next year we should have a development of, of that philosophy um, at the track. You can easily find information about it um, on social media, for example. But, Bill, for people that are listening to the showroom today, where else could they go and source some information in relation to, to N? The best source is Instagram and Facebook. It's always worth looking at our website, uh, Hyundai Australia's main website for a product information but most of our details all go through social media. We have a YouTube uh, page as well. So if you want to catch up with the latest uh, global information, it's always good to look at Hyundai's global sites. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of information out there. And we also like to promote the local groups. So the states have their own uh, end clubs. If you're in a particular state, you can you can easily find local social media groups um, who get together and uh, get together with their cars. So we try and promote as much as we can all the lo- local state groups too. And before you go, Bill, um, we've got to squeeze something out of you. What's the most exciting thing for Hyundai, whether it be N or not, for 2023? It's definitely N. It'll be something called Ionic 5N. So you will have seen the Ionic 5, this amazing wedge-shaped uh, EV that we've got, and we've announced that we're doing an N version of that. So it'll be something in the area of around 600 horsepower. Cool. Yeah, loads of performance, maybe three and a half seconds to 100. But the real thing about the Ionic 5N will be its track capability. So it'll be able to run around racetracks at high speed and not lose power. What we're building is an EV that's exciting, that sounds great. It's really involving, fast, and, it, and it's got some stamina to do some laps as well. So, uh, yeah, watch this space for that. Next year's big announcement for us will be Ionic 5N and we'll definitely get you a drive. Bill, this, this has been fabulous. Thank you very much for coming into the studio today. We cannot wait to see that new car, but also importantly, uh, we're fans. We want to come out to, to Enfest. So count us in if there's uh, if there's room. Ali and I will be there in 2023. Get you there and get your driving as well. We'll get you a drive. Thank you. Just a reminder to drive safely on the road during this holiday period. The car sales team won't be having a huge amount of downtime and we have lots of cool car sales podcast apps that we're going to roll out over summer right here at Listeners. So make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. There's the showroom, which you're listening to right now, What's Under the Bonnet, our electric vehicle podcast, and the brand new one with our colleague, Anthony Matafari, called Along for the Ride, where he jumps in the passenger seat and talks to some household names that you know and love as they go for a drive. That first ep with Grant Denyer is very, very funny. Our pods are perfect for a holiday road trip or a flight to somewhere in the sun. So while you're enjoying some much-needed R&R, or even if you're working while everyone else has taken time off, we give you permission to put our pods on in the office. And if there's something from our convo that catches your attention, the place to go to find out more 
carsales.com.au. Time to talk about a couple of the big stories of 2022. Crazy to think we're in the new year already, but we thought for the first episode of 23, we should look back on some of the things that got us talking, clicking, liking uh, around the car sales network during the year. And Ali, uh, one of them uh, that, that kind of stands out is the 2025 Toyota Hilux. Yeah, and happy new year, by the way, if I haven't said it already. Yeah, you brush me, you brush me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'll give you a pinch in the punch. Kidding, I'm kidding. So, yeah, new Hilux. Um, it's yet to be revealed. We've only seen renders, but this is clearly a very important vehicle for not only Australia, but the world. Like, this is the the number one new selling vehicle in not only here in Australia, but South Africa, Argentina. I can't explain enough how important this car is. You would have seen, that's all you see on the road, Hiluxes everywhere, tradies and Hiluxes. There's a flood of them on the roads and clearly this thing, based on what we've um, been treated to here, has some cues coming from Tundra, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks really tough, doesn't it? It's, yeah, taking a lot of design cues from Tundra. Um, Toyota Australia are said to play, or at least we understand that they will play a pretty big role in its um, design, this new gen Hilux. So, yeah, that's that's pretty special, um, and it's based on the same platform. So it's an all new platform that um, it'll share with the Tundra, as well as the new 300 series Land Cruiser and the next gen Prado, which it'll arrive around the same time. We're thinking it's 2024, so it's still a little while away. But yeah, this is a super important dual cab Ute, and it's going to take on new Ranger Amarok. So yeah, that'll be exciting. I'm glad you bring up Ranger there. That's kind of where we're headed because Callum Hunter ran that story in, I think it was April last year around, you know, the all new series Ranger. It was uh, ahead of its mid-year arrival and it was focused sort of on uh, numbers at that stage and, and what we might expect to pay at that point for the brand new Ranger. So I think um, Ranger Raptor was was billed at about the 85 and a half grand mark plus uh, on-road costs at that stage. Um, he talked naturally about the the kind of variants that we might expect to see. Um, but since publishing that yarn, there has been a price hike, hasn't there? Yeah, and it's a lot of money for a dual cab ute, isn't it? But that thing is, I, I still haven't driven one, but I know motoring journos are buying them, even Sam Charlwood. I uh, hope he doesn't mind me saying that he bought his very own um, among many others. So, yeah, it's super popular and it's, yeah, super capable. So I can't wait to drive one. I still need to get into one. I got to go to the uh, the Ranger launch, not Raptor, the Ranger launch in um, in New Zealand. So uh, lots of popularity uh, around that. Why don't we go now to the whole notion of Korean utes because this has been something we've been waiting on for a while and the the first glimpse or potential offering here looks damn good, doesn't it? Yeah, there was initially a lot of speculation about whether Kia would ever bring a ute and uh, our own Fian Tor is a big contributor to this. He wrote this story, Kia Ute Will Kick Ass, if you're looking for it on the website. Um, And that was one of the most clicked stories in 2022. So everyone clearly wants to see what's coming from Kia and Hyundai, sister companies, it's been in the pipeline for ages. It was it was not confirmed for a while and now we've seen test mules in South Korea. We've spotted them testing and we're told they're just prototypes but they look to be on the cards and we may see a dual cab ute from Hyundai slash Kia in 2025. 
pretty impressive um, if the first offering ends up like what we have had a, a glimpse of so far. And you just know, I think, as even uh, Fian said when he came on the showroom, when the Koreans do stuff like this, you just know they are going to do it right. Can I finish with a fun one? I, I love this one. Five great cars for a midlife crisis, right? So how the hell did this – perfect. I'm early 50, so, you know, great. This has landed in, in, in my lap. I think Ken Grattan wrote this this piece. And at the time he said it's for anyone who's closer to death than birth and it's a bit of a what's available in the 2020s to tell the world that you are still young at heart, vibrant and thus far Viagra-free. So uh, in the in the list includes Ford Ranger Raptor. Well, we've talked about that. Tick. Tesla Model 3 Performance. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Mercedes-AMG C63 Coupe, definitely a tick. Ram Warlock, and here's the one that I reckon a lot of people will say a big yes please to, and that is the the Chev Corvette, Chevrolet Corvette. And you know what? I reckon I'm, what, 27? I have to think about it. I reckon I have a midlife crisis every sort of two years and I just make, make some detrimental financial mistake and, yeah, yeah, do something stupid. Um, so I think this, I know he said midlife crisis for 50 year olds or whatever you want to call mid, but I could get around a lot of these cars. I think you could, uh, you could definitely see yourself in a, uh, in a C63, couldn't you? Absolutely. There you have it. Little look back on some popular car sales news pieces from 2022. And we will have lots of fresh stuff right here in this segment on the podcast each month on the showroom. And of course, every day when you check in on the website. In our classifieds seg this month is a serious kind of change of pace. We've had priceless classics, a raging Italian bull, even unique British three-wheelers. How would you like to own a New York cab? There is one for sale. You can head to the car sales website and search it. Matt Harrison is from City Motor Auction and he has the enviable, maybe even a little bit of a challenging job of finding this thing a new home. Welcome to the showroom. Good, uh, good afternoon, I should say. <laughs> Welcome. This is uh, an early 80s checker. I think it even has the old taxi meter, doesn't it? Tell us more. Yeah, basically it's yeah, it's, it's fully decked out. It's actually never been on the road in, in Queensland. Um, it uh, ha- has the meter, has all the seats, has all the signage. Uh, it's in a yeah, excellent condition. Inside and out, so yeah, she's a, she's a beauty. That sort of answered my question. I was going to say I don't think this thing is registered, but am I wrong? <laughs> no, no, it's never been registered in Queensland or anywhere in Australia for that matter. It came from California, uh, I think, in about two thousand and thirteen. Do you know much more of the history? Often it's difficult when you're in your role to piece these things together, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. We only got the car. Oh, we probably got it a year and a half ago. Um, we actually, as a company, owned the car um, and there was a guy who had it uh, stored up in Townsville. So he, he actually imported it from California. What's prompted the sale? Oh, just, you know, turnover of stock. It's been sitting in our showroom. The boss has sort of <laughs> indicated that most of the stuff needs to go. So we've put it up for sale and just to see if we get some interest. Give us a sense of some of the unique features of, of this thing because I think it's even got fold-up child seats in it, doesn't it? They've got, yeah, those little dicky seats in the back of it. Um, and, there's, yeah, there's a, a borderline in between the uh, the front and the back. 
I do remember sitting in one myself when I went to New York years ago, <laughs> but uh, I'm not that big. I think they had a, a specific engine at that stage. I think on our web, on the car sales website it says it's a V8, but it's actually a six-cylinder V6, an automatic uh, car, but they are quite standardised. They only made them basically for that purpose, being cabs. So. You've got to jump on the site and have a look at the pictures of this car, but I know it's from the 80s, but I'm just looking at these these photos and I'm thinking these child seats, these are the unsafest things I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> how did someone think it was okay to put a child in that thing? Oh, you're allowed to do lots of stuff in the early 80s. <laughs> Matt, you're obviously looking for a unique buyer here, trying to, to bring someone together that might, I mean, the first thing I thought of when I, I had a look at this ad was maybe like a a variety club bash competitor or, or something like that. What kind of interest have you had so far? Oh, look, um, I haven't spoken to a lot of people about it. Kevin's been taking a bit of the inquiry. He's had people from all around the world actually <laughs> ringing him. He's had a few, I think he had one out of France wow. uh, looking to buy it because there wouldn't be too many lying around. So uh, it's just trying to piece all the information that they need to satisfy what they want, um, which is difficult. So go go there for us if you can. What have you been unable able rather to unearth so far about it? Look, it's just finding what they need to satisfy what they, their needs are for the car. Um, I noticed, yeah, Kevin's put it up as a, as a V8 and it's a six-cylinder. It was an 82 model car. There was only, I think, about 2,000 of them made that year and I think that was the last year they actually did them. Yeah, it's just trying to piece it all together. I, I found an email earlier uh, that I got from the guy when we, we purchased the car uh, and it, I think it was about number 70 that was built out of those 2,000 and it came with uh, no air conditioning. Okay. I can't Ooh. imagine it's a great, o- <laughs> great option not to have. That'll be a stinker. Um, just give us a sense of what it smells like inside because it's uh, 80, 82 model, you said, and uh, yeah. some nice leather. I, I'm sure a few people have sweated in it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it smells like an old boat. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, uh, it, it has got a, a different type of... Old, uh, what's the word for it? it, it Vibe, feel. Yeah. yeah, like an old person's house, I guess. <laughs> I used to own a, a 76 Mark II Ford Escort and the smell, like my hair would smell like fuel and just exhaust fumes every time I drive it. I imagine this is similar. Yeah, you get that. It's more from the trim and, and uh, the seating because it hasn't been run that often. Um, we started up occasionally, but it doesn't actually get to go out in a drive or anything like that. And I think the other guy was of the same thing since he got it here in Queensland. Ali, well done. A Mark II Escort. You couldn't be any cooler if you tried. Hey, um, (laughs) Matt, can I just sort of finish with a little bit of a yarn here? The legendary supercars team boss, Roland Dane, and the Bathurst champion, Paul Morris, they at one point got an old American cop car. I can't actually remember if it was a, a Ford Crown or a Chevy Impala. And they did a seriously cool road trip in America that I think ended with them arriving at the, the Texas Supercars round when the sport used to used to go there. Uh, this, in some respects, is another alignment that you're looking for, someone who, who uh, has a particular, you know, mission, journey, wants to make this thing a little bit of a unique story, aren't you? Well, exactly. Somebody could use it for something like that or even a, a business opportunity because you'll have the only one there. It draws attention to your business. Um, <laughs> Or if you want to take it across the country, that's a, that's not a bad idea either. Exactly. It's been fabulous to chat with you about this. All the very best with it. And we wish you and your staff um, the, the best for the festive season and, and 2023. Excellent. Thank you. And all the best for you guys too. We're nearly done for this episode of The Showroom. How did you find it? We, we didn't 
sort of stress you too much, did we? Oh, challenging but rewarding. Oh, um, I thank, thank you for thanks for steering me through my first podcast. How should I how should I feel about that? Challenging but rewarding is that a reflection <laughs> of the co-host? What is that about? Oh no, no, it's it's not you. It's me. I, I was uh, I was a little bit nervous for my first uh, potty, but you don't you don't need to be. You don't need to be. Did it did a super job. We covered uh, lots of good subject matter as well, and there is plenty. I think, as Ali said at the very commencement of um, this episode, we have looked ahead. Uh, to some of the things that are coming for 2023, but there's so much more than that to be excited about. We just picked a handful of things that um, most of us in the car sales arena are, are chatting about at present. So stay up to date by regularly checking in on the website or our social media platforms as well. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be a huge year and we say that every year, but the years just keep getting bigger and bigger. So yeah, stay stay tuned. We look forward to getting you back on the showroom. We might have to uh, challenging but rewarding. I think I might go to <laughs> some of the other panellists and see how I fared with uh, <laughs> with them. I might need a little pump up after that. No. If you're driving on our roads over the, the holiday period, be safe, everybody. Great to have you with us um, for the ride and we look forward to seeing you and, and chatting with you on the next edition right here on the showroom. A listener production.